each Sunday night I'd watch the practice with none of my friends I'd turn the dial to ABC to see the creep of the week that Bobby Donald defends But I'm out of practice With your hosts, Keith Varney Already adjusting my sound. And thwarted by technology, Mike and Deglio. Way back in high school, most every night, my mom watched QVC, so I missed the practice. There was no TiVo, what could I do? Wait 15 years, get fat, then stream it on Thanks for the new fancy lights guy at Amazon who can't read barcodes. Eh, they write that shit off. No harm, no foul. And welcome to the Out of Practice Podcast, a weekly podcast in which me, Keith, and my old buddy Mike, uh, we talk about a, a show from uh, the late 90s, early 2000s, and uh, this week we are talking about The Practice Season 6, Episode 20, Evil Doers. Uh, evil slash doers. Uh, it's a big episode. It's a big episode, folks. So, uh, very excited to talk about it. Very excited to say hello to my old buddy Mike. How's it going, Mike? It's going, it's going well. I, uh, I want to get into it. We're wrapping up the season here, so uh, I'll say at the top, and then I will blatantly disregard it in mo- mere moments, that mm-hmm, we'll mm-hmm. try to keep the front of the episode a little bit tighter this week, but I do have some things to share. One, no. Keith, I want to hear the story quickly, because uh, I have a te- technological story about, about okay. your new lighting. You're so bright, yet you're still cheap enough to not buy good glasses, so we've got to stare at your new lights in the reflection of them in your glasses Yes, you this do. Week. Oh, oh, look. <laughs> Like I'm Jordy, if I uh, if I line it up You're exactly almost right. Almost Jordy, yeah, almost Jordy. <laughs> a lot of yeah, similarities. So, yeah, pretty much. Uh, <laughs> yeah, except for the usefulness at anything. Uh, yeah, so I decided to um, this week. Uh, Jillian was doing a whole mess of self tapes, and we were setting up lighting and taking down lighting and setting up. Uh, there's a whole bunch of stuff, and we realized. Now that we're sort of both recording stuff constantly, we might as well get a decent rig that we can set up static. So we're not having to tear it up, set it down, refocus the lights, over, you know, like multiple times a week, which is a huge pain in the butt. So I was like, let me just order a couple of new lights. I got a new USB hub. I'm going to hook up a third monitor so I can see a little bit better what's in front of me. Blah, 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 blah. So I go on, I go on Amazon and I buy like these cheap, LED lights gonna do a little little box little little box there a little box there and I'm like oh you know what lights aren't fancy what the hell I'll get the I'll get the refurbished ones who gives a shit right and paid like 50 bucks for them and uh, shows up on uh, my doorstep from Amazon and it's this huge box and it's crazy heavy and I'm like well I knew this was coming today but those are clearly not by like four by six inch pair of lights um, did Jillian order some? Anyway, open it up. There's this huge, like, fancy carrying case, and I and and I open it, and inside it, even though it has the barcode of what I ordered, is a much fancier, like, two hundred dollar set three pack of f- big fancy LED lights from the same company. Uh, so 
here you can you, you can see what it looks like it's it's these things with three big stands there you basically got a lightsaber i have three lightsabers with their own stands <laughs> and they get so bright, yeah, real bright. if i take real them bright. all the way uh yeah, so I was uh, I was very pleased. I got a surprise new lighting rig from Amazon. So Sweet. cheers. I, I went the opposite way, man. Um, so you'll recall my saga of trying to watch my freaking senior senior one of my senior juries, not juries uh, showcases. Oh yes, I can't wait. So to I got see the, the VC. I got the VCR. Mm -hmm. uh, I got the the RGB to HDMI converter. Awesome. Nice. I sit down to do it yesterday. Uh, and yesterday was my day to get stuff done. That was great. It's a great Sunday. Great little mm -hmm, Sunday. Mm -hmm. Keith, when I moved, I did something that you would never do, and you're going to be so mad at me for having done it. Mm. I went through my too many boxes of random wires that oh, you never know when you're going to need you to MacGyver something. Dewire like, yourself? I dewired of a lot of things. I was like, I will, this is, this, I will not ever need this. And you know what one of those choices was? RGB cables. Because what? who needs RGB, right? So your limitation is you don't have a 50-cent RGB cable? Yeah, not one. Not one RGB to RGB. Oh, so I'm like, my God. so now I've got all the converters, but I can't actually get from the VCR to the RGB converter. And I was going to just go to the Walmart right, or the Target, but... In the same vein as you, I'm not paying eight dollars for something I can get for a dollar on on Amazon. I'm not gonna. That's do it. that's true. So it should show up today. Uh, I did order the the cable, and then finally we're gonna get to see the 30 second clip that will not live up to the hype that Which we. Have. I have been looking forward to <laughs> for weeks now. Like I am so invested in seeing this clip. That's the reason I get up in the morning is to see this clip of my There's no guarantee journey. that this VHS has has anything on it, but I hope it does. I hope it well, is. Well, whatever it is, we're gonna watch. <laughs> if if you if you accidentally taped over it in the middle of the night with an episode of Red Shoe Diaries, we're gonna watch it. The company, baby. We'll just watch him saunter down that beach. <laughs> All right, what else we got? Oh my goodness. Yeah, so uh yeah, no. What else is going on? Not, not, not a lot. We're, you know, we're here. Uh, we're here. We're here doing this. I'm excited about it. Uh, going on vacation next week. I'll take pictures that we can all live, live, relive it. Oh yes, that's fun. Oh, and uh, so Jillian is going in. She's in right now. Took the train in for the first time from our new house for her first in-person rehearsal. Back at Ripley. Ooh, nice. What she can we can we talk about the project or no? We're not. Oh yeah, it's it's just a, a recording. Oh, cool. So she's doing, uh, she's on in like an album that a friend wrote. So um, cool. But she had to get on the New Jersey Transit for the first time since we moved here, you know, Apocalypse. And uh, she was, and I drove her to the train station. She was door to door from our house to Ripley in an hour. That's great. So, which is as long as it took from Astoria. Yeah, really. When you think, figure about it. Yeah, well, I did yeah. it a couple weeks ago for rehearsal and once, same, same difference, door to door. Well, I had to get on a train schedule. It's completely different, but it's two hours. It took two hours and five minutes to get to my rehearsal because the new uh, train station, the new Amtrak, is like right across from Ripley. So it was, it, it's helpful. Right. Oh yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. What were so you until rehearsing? we make that next move? Uh, just Jersey Boy stuff. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Which yeah. that gig fell through anyway. So there we go. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Screw them anyway. 
But uh, yeah, until you move to Rahway and live uh, right next door to us. Or I was moving to Temecula. A couple so doors. Might, I just I, might move I to want, Temecula. I just, I just want to point out, I, I, I want you to live close, but not like drop in close. Like a, hey, text text me, you, you want to go play to the ping right pong. Guy. My sister has been the queen of the drop-in since we moved over here, and it's I didn't know people no. still did that. No. Don't you dare show up to my house unannounced. It's which, That would uh, require desire on my part. So trust well, me, we're in the same we're No, the same thankfully, category. my lack of likability really does help with the drop-ins. <laughs> uh, but uh, I'm just saying we got the ping-pong table set up now. Oh, that's big. That is a contributing factor. And uh, yeah, I've been I've been practicing because you can set up half of it and play against yourself. And like, I've been doing that. It's pretty since cool. puberty. Since puberty, well, yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, you know, I'm I'm ambidextrous about that too. We should get going here. <laughs> All right. Well, let me see. Uh, do you have any feline updates? Uh, no, not really. Things are normal. We gotta we. We are, like I said, we're going on vacation next week, and my wife, look, I'm pretty, I'm pretty uh, OCD when it comes to the pet care. Uh, generally, right. we like a person to come and, like, you know, Keith sure. has been our was our previous cat sitter back in the day. Yeah, we we tested a new cat sitter who got mixed reviews for our last weekend away, but we don't really have any other options out here, so we're going away for a full week. Jen is even more OCD than me about this. So we're having this cat person come twice a day for seven days, yep. and it is expensive. And I'm like, Jen, now, they are good. We could just put a bowl down and probably be good with once-a-day cat sitter. She won't have it. So it's costing like $400. Oh, my that God. That isn't part of my vacation. To pay. That's well, like it's a like full-time 30, job. Yeah, it's yeah. like $25 a visit. So it's like 50 bucks a day. It's a wow. lot. Wow. That is a lot. Well, and But aren't you going to your cabin? Can't you just take them? Well, we're not staying at the cabin. We're staying at this like fancy, fancy Airbnb oh, glamping cabin. I, I wouldn't take all three of them in the car. Jeez, no way. <laughs> that no way. would be exciting. All right, folks. Well, that was hot cat content, which Mike said, no, I've got nothing to talk about. So I didn't play the bumper. But then he talked about it. So eh. we I one. will I will play the bumper for filings and subpoenas. Filings and subpoenas. Filings and And you know what? You know, let's let's just get out of the way at the top. Mike, if people wanted to file or subpoena us, uh, how would they do it? Well, when uh, two people really love each other, they <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, go ahead and oh, I drop oh, bring me coffee, Jen. Do you want it? Man, my wife is so awesome. She's really great. She She's was a little upset with the joke I made about killing off CEO Jen. <laughs> Not what well, didn't make for a pleasant coffee discussion. Oh uh, no. But then she did pitch some ideas, and we got some fun stuff, which I guess we're going to do. Anyway, uh, you, you could be like my wife, and instead of talking to me on the porch, just write me an email at practicepodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> uh, check us out on the social media. You can at, text Mike at 646. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> at Out of Practice Podcast on the Facebook or the Instagram. Or, hey, guess what? Even check out our other Instagram, at Star Trek Toys. Yes. Or check out that channel and give us a like, because we are... Doing okay over there. We're doing okay. Yeah, that look at my Star Trek toys uh, here on the YouTube part of the KME Entertainment Empire, which is redundant because this Keith and Mike Entertainment is what KME stands for. But I feel like I have to say that. 
it's uh you know whatever but uh yeah we do uh at least one episode a week just talking star trek and uh toys and nonsense so check it out uh if you're not already uh all right so speaking of somebody who we thank for being a dutiful watcher of both shows it's our moderator phoenix cage who has a has a a couple of things first off the uh what we have here is a feud happening between uh, uh phoenix and mike thankfully because you know mike and i i mean uh, phoenix and i have been feuding for years mm-hmm. uh, and i'm really happy that uh, uh mike has is doing a heel turn uh guess, and yeah. uh and phoenix is coming for him yeah. so uh he says and because we t- he he gave you sh- shit last week for uh, talking over the best joke of the Joey Herrick episode. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he says, Oh, Mike, I know that you talk over the show all the time, but John Larroquette's best joke in the episode is where I draw the line. I've got a sure fix. I'm designing a remote pause button that will be controlled by an actuator in your jaw. Uh... Yeah, I think that's, I would like to see that. And hey, I wasn't complaining, just offering a time-saving suggestion. But I'd take an hour of more TV over a single minute of 20-year-old sports or weather any day. All right, so the, you're back to face. I'm the heel. Uh, we're tag teams again. Oh, look uh, at I, that. Just a little behind, the, a little, uh, be, uh, behind baseball, inside baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh, Keith and I, initially, when we were first trying to do the show... We had like rigged up one of these like uh, Hulu watch party type situations so that we could each pause the and start the episode over each yep. other uh, when we had something pertinent to say. And let me tell you, if you think it's a cluster hump now, oh my that goodness, that thing, but there's like a slight delay and there was a whole it was a disaster. No. So be be lucky that it's as streamlined as it is currently. Well, and and the way I cue Mike to pause it is just talk loudly until he pauses it. <laughs> and then sometimes he doesn't. <laughs> you you probably can't hear anymore. Oh, wow, this is pointless, but it's funny. Uh, be, that I have a, a mechanical keyboard, so it's, it's loud on the clicky clacks. Uh, and when I am pausing and unpausing, I'm smacking that space bar. Uh, but my microphone's pretty good now, so it gates it out. However, I used to do that on purpose because it was more often than not something would go wrong and I would not record the audio. So mm-hmm. I'd have to go back in, rewatch the episode, and listen for where I'd clack the space bar to pause it to try to sync it all up. So if you'll notice a couple of the episodes way back when the audio is just not right <laughs> because at some point I'd have to wave the white flag and just say, it's got to have to be good enough. Yeah, no, we, uh, look, we, we started out a little rough. We were figuring it out like a, like, you know, like a baby deer learning to walk. And now we're an old big fat deer and we still can't walk. Yeah. With like that lost a hoof in a battle (laughs) (laughs) with technology. Yes. Yes, exactly. All right. Moving forward. So Phoenix continues, but he also has a really nice compliment for you. Doesn't he Keith? I don't know. I don't read these things ahead of time. Uh, he continues. (laughs) Awesome. You are hearing, I'm I'm reading it cold. I have no idea what Phoenix That's has awesome. at a time. Uh, it makes it fresher. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he continues, unlike those, meaning 20-year-old sports or weather, more TV actually serves a purpose. 
In fact, based on the suggestions from the last one, I watched the Back to the Future episodes of the movie that movies that made us, and I followed Keith's suggestion and watched Resident Alien. Alan Tudyk is great. I'm already six episodes in. I'm holding off on Ted Lasso, but it's been on my list for a while. It's Bill Lawrence's show, so I've heard a lot about it on the Scrubs podcast, where he is a frequent guest. Phoenix, just between for you and me with the the movies that made us, I love it because I love to get the information behind the scenes stuff. The one thing that that gets that wears on me after a a few episodes is the tone. It's very like tries to make fun of itself and joke about itself. It's 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 too tongue in cheek and meta that it gets a little annoying. I'd rather just like, why can't we take it seriously? But discussion for a different day. I'd really like to just isolate that last comment. And then remember what podcast you're on. Yeah, you're right. That's uh, the anyway. one thing that I don't like about this show is the one tiny similarity with the show that I'm currently talking on right this minute. That's that's not what I'm saying. Uh, making fun of ourselves, breaking the fourth wall. Are you kidding? That's all we do. Yeah, you're right. Okay, let's go forward. All right, moving forward. I'd much forward. rather listen to us narrate that show. P.S. But. Well, That's well. because I'm a self-serving narcissist. So, ah, well, yeah, we have a podcast. What else? Uh, <laughs> I mean, that that's already proven. And uh, Phoenix is going to do some analysis, and he can probably do some analysis. Yeah, on I us. can't wait to see that TED talk, that paper. But when before it gets that, uh, he can. Wow, he's got a lot to t- lot to say today. All right, so here is part two. As the official YouTube moderator, I have some YouTube notes. <laughs> he oh, doesn't do much moderating. It's more just like he just he's moderating talks himself. himself. Yeah. <laughs> There's nobody else talking, so it's tough to moderate. It's, it's, he's monologuing. He's our, he's our official YouTube monologuer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has some YouTube notes. First, Mike did, in fact, add all the B-roll he referenced. And the only thing I like more than B-roll is cat B-roll. Second, <laughs> this episode was missing the chapters segmentation. Oh, Mike, I you didn't do it. the I chapters. Fixed I fixed it. And uh, third, I'm a little stunned by how far Keith's video quality has come. He's got just the right amount of light on him and nothing superfluous in the shot. But instead of simply being a floating head in the void, he's got the shifting lights of his Star Trek figure collection in the background, giving it some ambiance and depth. I can't help but compare that to the first episode on YouTube, where the only positive thing I could come up with with was that the wall right behind him sure seemed to be doing a good job at holding up the ceiling. You may not have thousands of viewers, but you've got one that notices things that thousands would overlook. How much improvement can lighting have when one man hasn't left the house in clear over one year? <laughs> At least coming up <laughs> in like a year and a half now. Good lord! All right, so uh, thank you, Phoenix. I, I've uh, I'm trying to up my game as we reference today with uh, the new lights. I'm trying. I'm trying to keep up with Mike. I've been texting Mike like. What what is your rig? What is your setup? Because it um, always looks it's good. Skin it's skin care and nightly facial massages. Massages. <laughs> Mo- moisturizing. Well, I, I really I, I can't wait to get a nice facial massage. <laughs> I think you massaged your uh, your your lips too much. Uh, oh. All right, uh, Phoenix has has one more point, but I think it's a very interesting one. Uh, because as we know, Phoenix has, uh, psychological training and he says, I couldn't definitively diagnose. We talk. this is about Bobby. Cause we've been shitting on Bobby the last couple of weeks. And, uh, 
And so he says, I couldn't definitively diagnose Bobby with narcissistic personality disorder because we have, don't see enough of his personal life on the show. But I can confirm that the examples Keith pointed out from this episode, i.e. overtly overly prioritizing how other people view you and an inability to emphasize, empathize, Woo! See, I'm reading cold. There it is. Are both consistent with NPD. However, I can also think of some counterexamples, such as back when Bobby insisted that Eugene take over running the firm indefinitely. A narcissist typically wouldn't willingly give up titles or prestige because they rely on the superficial to make up for what they lack inside. And there's also an example from this episode. In closing, Bobby almost throws the case to protect Lindsay, but for a narcissist, winning is everything, and self-esteem they have is based on how others view them, so between how Lindsay views them versus how the whole city watching this highly publicized case views him, there's no question a narcissist would do anything for the chance to be viewed as a winner by as many people as possible. If you or either of the listeners <laughs> is interested in learning more about NPD, I highly recommend recommend checking out Dr. Romani, who is a clinical psychologist with an extensive YouTube series specifically on the subject of narcissism. Uh, yeah, I think that's fascinating. I don't, did we bring up NPD? Yeah, well, yes. I, I think you, you specifically referred him as uh, a, 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 a narcissist. Yeah. Um, however, I think we, our final diagnosis is less a narcissist and more he's just a straight up asshole yeah what, what is the uh it, what's the clinical term for you're just kind of an asshole he's uh, also damaged you know he's also damaged so we give no, for a sure. bit of empathy no everybody is and and i and i get it and uh but but still but still uh you're still responsible for how you treat others well he's gonna need to get over it because when we get to what does mike think's gonna happen um we're gonna need bobby okay all right well uh thank you for your uh clinical opinion phoenix as well as uh, the enjoyment of my star trek lights which have they gone out they're not on oh what the hell i turned them on which on. makes me so gleeful <laughs> son of a poop you know after all that there ah. they are okay see a I man can... with too much time and disposable <laughs> income <laughs> Minus the income. <laughs> so stupid. Uh, really dumb. Really, really straight up dumb. Uh, well, let's do something smart and uh, move forward. But before we leave filings and subpoenas, folks, I have a favor to ask. We ask it every week, but we don't do it so explicitly every week. And uh, because this one, folks, listener... Uh, I don't know if you can go and retract it and 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 make a new one, but you know, uh, we could. A lot of people in the past, you know. So we're talking to you from the future or from the past to the future, listeners right. who have joined us late. We we still need you, even though you think eh, it's a year late. I don't need to do it. We could still use it because we got an empire to uh, to build. Like we Alexander sure do. the Great. Yes, yes, and like Alexander the movie. We're three and a half hours long, and we sort of just slowly peter out and uh, grind to a halt. Uh, but you can tell the world about it by joining the jury. Leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or any other podcasting service of your choice. Let us know. We will gratefully welcome you to the jury. We will read your comment, good, bad, or 
ugly. And you get to have your name here with a bunch of real people, some fake people, and 15 different spellings of Phoenix Cage here on our jury splash. We would very much appreciate it. And I know what you would appreciate. Us moving forward, for God's sakes, and uh, hopping into the time machine and answering life's eternal question. Hey, Mike, uh, on May 12th, 2002, what were you doing? This day in the basement. Well, Keith, here, the dates are still fuzzy. Uh, the next, we're getting back into time when I have like concrete uh, collateral to confirm when certain dates were, but I do know this. Uh, after school finished, I New York had already taken a toll on me. I had lived in Harlem for the past year-ish, and uh, instead of going right into auditioning, interestingly enough, I chose to go home. I actually moved in to my mom's literal basement um, uh, from what you'll see here, uh, 127th Street, St. Nicholas, Mm-hmm. That was my actual apartment right there we're looking at. It was beautiful. It was huge. It was awesome. Yeah, boy, that's but a nice... But we decided to then move all the way wow. back to Pennsylvania into my mom's basement uh, right here in the gated 55-plus community in Trapped, <laughs> Pennsylvania. And there I lived literally in the basement uh, wow. for a little bit of time until uh, I would get my first audition... Uh, coming up in a little bit of time, we'll talk about it when we get there uh, at the Mount Gretna Playhouse. But my audition took place at the Walnut Street Theater with this guy, Will Stutz, who uh, changed my life, really, in in many ways. Uh, just a, an amazing artist, an amazing man. He passed away last year. Uh, R.I.P. Will. Speaking of, on a, on a side note, you know, we were talking about John Larroquette. I think uh, we'll take our, our time to say that uh, we talked about Night Court last week, or two weeks ago, and... Uh, Good old Marcy Post we lost this week, so uh, R.I.P. Shouting out there. And, uh, yeah, so that's all. I uh, I moved in with my mom. I was literally back in the basement, uh, which was weird because I still was dating uh, the, my girlfriend at the time, and she'd have to, like, come visit me in my mom's basement. It was like I was living the yeah. that. The that. Yeah, living the that. Yeah. Yeah, well, that was It was super... not a finished basement, I should say. I, I like, brought <laughs> nice. it, but it was... I like wanted to torture myself a little bit, and I did. But it luckily, it wasn't long before I got a gig and got the hell out of there. Yeah. Well, fair enough. I think we're all, right. all we're all entitled to that, and I don't have a yeah. necessarily dissimilar story. Uh, but first of all, those uh, graphics, the, all the video work, very cool, very cool. That if was you just missed Google it Earth. on YouTube, I, that well, was I know, but you had to save it and clipped it and all that kind of stuff. So, <laughs> but you you had to save it. So you had to, no, you had to save it. You had to load it up. That's a lot of work. I'm telling you, uh, if you're missing this on YouTube, there's some really cool uh, Google Earth footage where if you wanted to stalk Mike 20 years ago, you would be in luck. So if you have a time machine and you would like to stalk Mike and Deglio, now you have everything you need. Uh, And feed on my corpse. I mean, let's stick to the themes of the show. You could feed on me. That's true. Put your head in the, put his head in your freezer. It's, it's, you know, it's fun and easy and apparently you can get away with it. So... No, I just got I just got an air fryer. You could air fry my head. I feel like that would probably more healthy that way. I mean, certainly, like if you want to eat some diet, Mike, that's uh, 
Definitely the way to go. What, We've gone happening? on a weird journey. This is a weird journey. All right. A so, roller coaster, some would say, Keith. Uh, somebody would say, because, folks, May 12th, the year 2002, was the end of my college career. Classes were ending, and we were going on our class trip to Six Flags Darien Lake out near Buffalo. And that is the Man of Steel Superman roller coaster, which is one of my all-time favorite roller coasters I've awesome. ever been on. Have you been on it? Yeah. It's so much fun. It's it's not super like crazy or loopy, but what it is is fast and uh, really, really uh, satisfying. I think we I went on it like maybe nine, ten. Which times is better than day. this podcast, which is generally crazy and loopy but slow. So, yes, this yeah. one will leave you nauseous and uh, with your neck a little sore because mm -hmm. you're, you're just sort of knocked around and confused. Uh, but Six Flags Darien Lake was super fun. But y y what I was also doing at this point, uh, I, as I mentioned before, last week um, had decided that, you know what, this opera thing is not for me. I had turned down the summer at uh, doing opera and I was like, I want to go home too. And I decided I wanted to spend the last summer before I moved to New York um, because I had I was building plans with a couple of my Eastman buddies to move to Brooklyn uh, and to the start of the journey. But I was like, I want to spend one more summer at home and uh, play hockey. And uh, so I signed up for two different teams in a men's league, uh, not men's league, a co-ed adult league um, in uh, – in Vermont called Full Stride. It's super fun. Still still operate, operated by uh, an ex-NHL player. Super nice guy. And so I did an instructional league. I was in Division 2. I was in Division 3. And uh, spent the... Uh, spent the we'll, we'll get to it in the uh, season oopsies. What else was going on that summer. But I was signing up for that. And uh, classes were done. I was sort of uh, riding out the last couple of weeks. Because, uh, spoiler alert, this was May 12th. May 19th, one week later, boom, graduation, kids. We're going to talk about wow. it next week. So that's what's going on in the basement. Let's zoom out and talk about... It's time for the Out of Practice Podcasts This Day in the World. The greatest hits, the biggest movies, headlines from Vermont, essential sports updates, and for some inexplicable reason, the weather from 20 years ago. Now back to Keith and Mike. Well, folks, here on in 2002, we were continuing to listen, listen, to wow. listen to, well, I'll explain. I was reading the word foolish, uh -huh. so I had this sh in my head. So, uh, of course, this is Foolish, performed by Ashanti. The top movie continued to be Spider-Man. In its second week of domination, took in uh, another 40-something million dollars. Uh, coming up th the week after that, it's another giant movie. It's a really crazy time for movies. Uh, Tobey Maguire, who we're going to see back again as Spider-Man in the upcoming Spider-Man whatever the hell they're calling it. The cover of the Burlington Free Press, uh, talk about timely, says uh, church responds quickly to claims. And I looked it up and a, it was a, in Vermont, everywhere, it was a priest named Charles Manny who, uh, of course, were molesting kids in Essex, Vermont. And uh, 
Uh, glad, so glad the church responded quickly, took responsibility, and uh, really made that right. Hmm, that's such a good job. As this was, this was, I think, when roughly the time when Spotlight uh, was happening, or the, I mean, it was breaking in Boston. They made the movie about it, Spotlight. So, if you want to have your blood boil, take a look into that. And uh, I'm sorry for whatever you punch on the wall in fury. All right. Well, moving forward, it, interesting. Keep a listen to it. This episode might be some references. Let's uh, let us move forward to Phoenix's favorite segment. I I wouldn't do this segment mm-hmm. if it weren't for Phoenix. If he's constantly begging for more a lot information, of emails, maybe too many actually requesting. Maybe, maybe maybe a bit a bit much. The begging for for this segment is a bit much. Uh, but you know what? You ask. We deliver. It's time for... It's time. It's time. It's time, it's time for sports. The NHL semifinals were in full swing with the Habs losing to Carolina in six and the Leafs beating Ottawa in seven in the Eastern Conference. Out West, the Habs beat the Sharks in seven games and the Red Wings dominated the Blues to win the series in five. According to contemporaneous emails, I was rooting for Toronto versus Ottawa, but I would root for Carolina moving forward. So nice. uh, if you want to know what was going on and who I was rooting for, because I, I didn't remember, but I emailed my mom and, uh, you know, my mom and I, we talk a lot of hockey. My mom is a diehard hockey fan. Like I am more, not, I generally, I actually, I just listen to the loud bumper and, and go somewhere in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. You open the door. Where did you go in your mind today? I was actually thinking about baseball because I was about to, I was going to impart like that for those of us who live in Philadelphia and haven't reached the playoffs in almost nine years, I think mm-hmm. uh, it's been a playoff atmosphere. We've caught the New York Mets. We've surpassed the New York Mets for the lead of the pennant in the New York e- or the, the NL East. And it's been like watching playoff baseball, which I haven't done in so long. And it's been exciting. And, and that's all the sports I'll talk today. Wow. Okay. Well, there it is. Okay. Well, uh, we got another good bumper. Here it is. I'm a human being. God oh. damn it. My no, no, no. no. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on. Whoa, you got, whoa, you whoa. Didn't even, I, I, mean, I wasn't ready for that. Wait, it's, it's the next thing that comes up, and Three, you were the last person who talked. Two, one. I'm a human being. God damn it. My life has value, and I'm not going to take this anymore. How'd it go? It's Wait, no. We're going to do this. Stop. No. Run it back. Oh, for Christ's sakes, nobody's Three, watching this. Two, one. I'm a human being. God damn it. My life has value. And I'm not going to take this anymore. Oh, my God. It's time <laughs> to talk about the day. We're like 200 episodes in. You know how tired people are of all of our bumpers by now? It'd be, you know, somebody might be like, hey, why don't you just combine the bumper with the video transition and just run them from one side of the planet instead of trying to do it all through the internet? You'd be right. <laughs> but we decided to divide chores, and it's just the way it is, people, so deal with it. <laughs> we are uh, running a three-legged race in a not three-legged race. <laughs> we'll go faster together. <laughs> we at least have the data... Uh, of how we, uh, inefficient we are, and uh, it, it proves that we are, in fact, very inefficient. It's not, it's not good. It's not good. Uh, wow, that was good. All right, well, guess what? We are talking about The Practice Season 6, Episode 20, Evil Slash Doers. 
And it was directed. David E. Kelly is coming in for the home stretch. He yes, wrote the God. last three episodes all by his lonesome. This is directed by veteran director Andy Wolk, who last directed Fireproof, uh, which leaves us with one important question. What is that supposed to mean? What's your problem? Is this what happens to women when you insert your penis? What? What does Mike think's gonna happen? You know, what if he would have drank the curdled milk? Then what would have happened? I thought of that question, Jimmy, yesterday when we were sitting down to enjoy coffee and the cream was curdled, and I could only think of Jimmy mm. Berluti. So my life is scarred forever, it turns out. Well, what did happen? I guess that's my question. We didn't we didn't we didn't roll the dice. We just poured it down the drain and got more cream. Good. Good. I think that's the right call. Yeah. Remember that time you ate that broccoli that was questionable? I learned from you. Oh, Jesus. I I almost died. <laughs> it's not good. So, guys, I've decided that this is not going to be a jelly a grape jelly situation. There's not going to be a hanging chad. We are going to get resolution and here's what's going to happen. Now, this is my beat might sound familiar because Bobby was on everybody's been on trial for something. Uh, mostly, or faced legal troubles. Bobby is our only murder uh, defendant, but that will only last a few more moments, Keith, because in this week's episode, uh, as we predicted last week, Lindsay gonna get stalked again, okay? And Lindsay, because we've been telling her that she needs to buck up, and and because her friends are assholes and don't really give a shit about her, especially mm -hmm. Bobby, Mm-hmm. She's gonna take some shit into her own hands, Keith. And she's mm. not gonna just hire some bully to go scare Hannibal Lecter. Mm -hmm. She gets herself a little piece from Helen Gamble. Uh-huh. And I think Lindsay blows this guy away. All right? Wow. Okay. I think Lindsay straight up self-defense murders this man. Uh, okay. Much like Eleanor has done, so it's not. The, Out of I the mean, question. to to be fair, yeah, we do have a precedent for this. Bobby, uh, Bobby got uh, three cops and uh, William Hanks killed. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Eleanor shot uh, George Vogelman, dad. Mm -hmm. Helen got uh, the guy who was threatening. I forget who he was threatening, but murdered uh, somebody else by cop. Uh, has anybody else murdered anybody? Unclear. I, I think those are the. I think those are the only three characters have actively killed somebody. Now here's the thing, Keith. While he lies dying, mm -hmm. Hannibal Lecter, we're gonna get a shot or a scene, maybe not a full scene, but a shot of him enjoying it sexually, if you know what I mean. Because it's Lindsay, and it's, he's gonna really enjoy it, if you know what I'm saying. Because that's that's me bringing the gross, but I, sexy. I, I was wondering how you were gonna make it sexy, and boy, you didn't. All right, well, folks, do you know what's going to happen? Because Mike just told you. We're going to find out. And uh, how we're going to do that, we're going to go listen to the episode and uh, talk some shit. So uh, hop over to your podcasting service of choice, and we will see you back here for the After Show Show. Season 6, episode 20. Just like Mike. Evil doers. Actually, only 50% like Mike. Evil doers. That's right, you're evil, but you don't do anything about it. You can't see the episode, I know. I, I surely cannot. Hello? 
I was right. Hello? Oh, you getting stalked, bitch? <laughs> no one's ever been so gleeful about a stalking. What about entrapping him? Told you. We've thought about that. The thing is, it's not like the guy hits off and he's killed three girls in two years. What about using me? Are you crazy? I'm going crazy, Bobby. The longer he stays out there calling me on the phone... There's no way to protect you. So what, I just go to bed every night consoling myself that one day they'll finally get him? You will not be used as bait for a serial killer. It wouldn't work anyway, Lindsay. The guy's too smart for that. Well, come up with something, Helen. I am not going through this again. She seems at the end what of I'd her like rope. What I'd like to do is get him civilly She committed. does a little bit, yeah. Can you? Can't imagine why. Civilly It'll be committed? tough, especially since he was acquitted, but we can try. Lindsay, I need you to testify Which against him. Which is definitely him. what should have happened. the judge he's nuts. Fine. Time and place, I'll be there. Convince the judge? I'll come up tomorrow, but again, it's a real long shot. Just get him. And if he resists, shoot him. Okay, Again. well, that's direct. Yeah. That's true. Like, Helen is the person you want if you need a murder for hire. I don't know why Bobby went with that other guy to kill Hinks. Yeah. Like, that, Helen like, was like, oh, you want that guy dead? Not a problem. I hope we get a B case with, like, some of our other players. I'd love to see some Rebecca, maybe some Steve, some Eugene, even Eleanor. Mm -hmm. I feel like Eleanor and Jimmy have gotten, have gotten some good... Uh, episodes this season, whereas Rebecca and, and Eugene, not as much. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely true. Even yeah, Zimbala. Give me some, give me some Lucy, even. Yeah, well. No, I, I I agree. We're we're very much in like a Bobby Lindsay world right now. But to be fair, like Lindsay's been getting the short shrift a little bit. Yeah, that's true. That's fair. What do you mean it's lost? The findings aren't lost, just the rape kit itself. Who lost it? We don't know. We thought it had been sent to our lab, and we were waiting for the results. We called them again today, and they told us they never even received it. Do your storage records show it was sent out? No. Your Honor, it's Herb Mitchell, we back as Judge White. opportunity to conduct our own tests, the DNA evidence has to be excluded. You can cross our technicians. It's not the same as doing our own test, and you know it. I can't let it in, Miss Gamble. Your Honor, they weren't even serious about doing their own test. Why did they wait to the eve of this trial? <laughs> We're serious about it now. This is amusing to you, Eugene? Counsel, if they didn't get access, the DNA evidence is excluded. So what that mean? It means their whole case now is the victim's idea. Ray Abruzzo joining Let's us again. Let's not get cocky. At probable cause, she was pretty not convinced. Not yet. Yeah, just saw him in the But credits. at least now they're offering a plea. Yeah, what is it? 15 years. Oh, no way, man. Third strike, Jerry. If convicted, you get life. All right, look. I got a twin brother. Suppose we put him at the table, let her identify him. That's reasonable doubt. We can't do that. I ain't doing no 15 now. Rape victim's supposed to be shaky. That's what I hear. Let's go to trial. Let's introduce. Don't hold back on this bitch. Guy of questionable morals. Dude who is bringing the intensity two minutes into the app. Well, you know, <clears throat> he's being, uh, you know, he's being tried for rape. Yeah, it does tend to uh, bring up a little intensity. Uh, but the actor 
who has not been, is Dorian Harewood, who you would know from Full Metal Jacket, Space yeah. Jam, Sudden Death, Seventh Heaven, The Hoop Life, lots of animated voiceover work. He's done a ton of uh, cartoons, that kind of stuff. And he was in Roots the Next Generation. Real good actor, Dorian Harewood. Guy who never wants his career said with both Full Metal Jacket and Space Jam next to each other. Now, tough nuts. I just pull things that interest me from my MDB. <laughs> you lost the evidence? <laughs> Kelly, we can still win. Hold on. How? Let's just do it back well, to back because this one's interesting too. A blonde lady who Mike doesn't recognize yet. How about rape victim who's pretty incredulous that Helen lost the rape kid? Yes, uh, way to go, Helen. But uh, guess who this is? It's Chelsea Handler. Oh, crap. Yeah. Oh, crap, indeed. Of course, from Chelsea lately in The Motherhood, she played herself on The Good Wife. She's a, a really funny comedian. Are you there, Chelsea? And The Muppets uh, in a pre-fame dramatic role. Chelsea Handler. Now it comes down to your word, which is very compelling. You don't look so sure, Helen. Look, I'm completely prepared to go forward. What's the deal with I'm rape kits? I'm also prepared to go back and offer eight years. If you eight. <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld. It's a conviction. It's not it takes Chelsea him Handler. off the streets. Besides, a trial could be very unpleasant. Eight is not an option. Not for what he did to me. Okay. I'll see you in the courtroom, Division 3. Okay. Bobby just knocks, but comes in anyway. <laughs> I'm Bobby. You Mc get him yet? No. Bobby McNonuck. Going on the ride personally to make sure things aren't any more unconstitutional than necessary. Helen, is it possible to do this without Lindsay testifying? She's not in very good shape. Bobby, even with Lindsay, this is a... Wow. Okay, Bobby. Way to look out for the, your lady for like I now Keith's shaking his head so I'm guessing this takes a turn but for a second there's some compassion being shown so let's just revel in it let's no, smear no, no. amongst he's, ourselves he's definitely trying something which uh, which I appreciate long shot we need her to say Disdain how on she Keith's is with face. this guy otherwise oh, anything he said to her I was there for I can provide we need her look I'm not gonna bother picking him up if I can't count on her you saw how she was last night I did but do you want this guy in custody or not? I want him dead. That's what Bobby wants. I was opening my apartment door, and as I opened it, He's I was already suddenly killed shoved inside. One serial killer bothering floor. his wife. Do you see the person today who knocked you to the Chelsea floor? Chelsea Handler is him, testifying. the defendant. Are you sure this is the man, Miss Fairbanks? I'm positive that's him. Now, after you were pulled to the floor, what happened next? He closed the door, and he told me if I screamed, he would kill me. He then um, pulled his pants down, and he started to climb on top of me. Um, he pushed my skirt up, and I tried to get free, and that's when he punched me. Where? Nice. In the face. I took my key, and I tried to gouge him. I got him behind the ear. And then he hit me three or four times. And I kind of lost consciousness. And the next thing I was aware of, he was ramming himself into me. 
Are you absolutely sure this is the man who raped you on the evening of March 11th? I am absolutely sure. I have nightmares about his face. I try to get his face out of my mind, but I can't. That's him. That's the man who raped me. Okay, Chelsea Thank Handler. You. Great performance. Yeah, good performance. Not overdoing it, but very clear. When the police clear. arrived, you said you could not approximate the suspect's height or build. I saw his face very clearly. You said he had no facial hair. At the time of my client's arrest, he had a mustache. I evidently didn't see the mustache, but I saw his eyes and I recognized them. You told the police you gouged him behind the ear, drawing blood. Are you aware that they found no scratches or marks on my client? I thought I drew blood, but the blood on my hand and key turned out to be my own, I guess. You guess. Did you describe for the police the clothing the assailant was wearing? No. You were knocked unconscious during the attack, is that right? After the rape. I was conscious during the attack. Well, you testified when he punched you three or four times before the rape, you kind of lost consciousness. Are you now changing that testimony? I kind of lost consciousness, but I was conscious for the rape and I saw his face exactly. Except for the mustache. Yes. When you were suddenly grabbed and dragged into your apartment, did you go into a little shock? If you're asking, did it compromise my capacity to observe this? No. I'm asking, did you go into a little shock? Yes. Compromise your capacity to observe, that's legal terminology. Are you a lawyer? No. Those were your own words. I think Phoenix had mentioned this back when Bobby got attacked in prison. And then you and I, at least in my memory, which is often flawed, had a conversation about how interesting it is that the truth that how how much weight we put behind eyewitness testimony, mm -hmm. and in this case, first person eyewitness testimony, and yet how unreliable we truly are uh, as witnesses, not only because our memories fade, but because our memories can be wrong as 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 passionate as we are, especially when we're in, in states of shock or in states of trauma or in states of uh, uh, fight or flight, emergency, things like that. So, you know, Eugene's doing a great job here, I think, in pointing out some inconsistencies. Oh, well, I mean, how can you forget if somebody had a mustache or not? Or how can you think you stabbed someone but then didn't? And, you know, he's doing his job. Uh, it just goes to show that Man, Helen and Helen's office really effing dropped the ball by losing that rape kit because without that rape kit, it's so much easier to poke holes in someone's uh, remembrance of of the of the crime. Where it's it's pretty clear that this guy, I mean, I choose to believe that she's she seems pretty damn confident about about you know putting her finger on it. No, she seems one hundred percent credible. You know, but. I, th I think the thing that he's doing right now, uh, when you pause it, is you know when she used that phrase, it's very clear she's been fed that phrase by Helen. She has been coached specifically, and him being able to pick on pick up on that, I think is is uh, is very astute and very Eugenie. Compromise your capacity to observe. Did Ms. Gamble use that term with you? Objection sustained. Did the district attorney have concerns about your capacity to observe? Objection. Sustained. Thank you, Ms. Fairbanks. 
It's such a tough position for Eugene to be in to have to do that. Back. Not only that, to go back a little bit further, another point this brings up is, and I think we've discussed it. Remember, he was willing to take an eight-year plea, right? And often, right. as a victim, rightfully so, your trauma and your anger brings you to a point of, and, you, and your desire for justice, what you equate for what that person deserves versus what are you actually going to be able to achieve with the evidence, with the trial, with the, all of the red tape. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. No. I have an answer for it, but it's it's just another sort of... Well, and also uh, from Eugene's point of view, he's having to sort of poke holes in this story, and yet his client has already said he would accept eight years of responsibility for this. So, mm -hmm. like, it's it's not like his client is, like, I'm absolutely innocent here. It doesn't so come it's, out it's in, soon. Between 12 and 12.30 every day like clockwork. He'll be out. What's up, right? If this goes before Judge Cook, she's... It's not going to go before Judge Cook. Friend of the show. His expert witness doctors said stress Ray and Bruce. anger would make the other man emerge. Maybe he'll wig out, give us something we can use. Are you telling me we should rough him up? Oh, God, no. This has got to go clean. We're on shaky ground as it is. I'll try to bait him a little, see what I can get. Man, she's got balls of steel. There. Okay, move in. She sure does. Police! Lawrence O'Malley, stop! Those plainclothes guys were definitely not obviously cops. You need to come with us, please. What's going on? We want to check your cholesterol. You've been eating too much red meat. Did you work that one up in the car, Helen? Yeah, I think maybe maybe go back and do a little little rush up, a little rewrite on that. You're going for a nice little Didn't come out as cool as you were hoping. I was acquitted. Oh, I must be looking for the other man. Why don't you send him out so I can talk to him? Do you think I'm an idiot? I can see from your expression I've pissed you off. Those other girls pissed you off, didn't they, Hannibal? Although, you know, to be fair, it's the red meat thing makes more sense because you remember he's a cannibal. Take care of business. But aren't we white meat? I think we got both meats. I think we're closer to pork. I need to call my lawyer. Helen does a lot of like staring down criminals and breathing deeply. Helen's not handling it? She's in trial, plus she could be a witness. So. Who's doing it? State Attorney Michael Scannell. Helen says he's good. Who's representing O'Malley? That I don't know, but whoever it is got a hearing at four to get him kicked. We should be there. Fine. <sighs> Lindsay, I think you need to see somebody. See somebody? A yes, shrink? also good advice. Here's the obligatory time frame where we <clears throat> are all skeptical of therapists. You're like, what? Why should I see some? I'm not crazy. Ah! Yeah. Like, what? Therapist it's unhealthy panic. for me to be on edge? Of course not. Yes. Which is why you need to talk to someone. It's unhealthy for you to be being stalked by three psychopathic murderers and not have ever talked to a therapist. Well, what's unhealthy is not being on edge. What is unhealthy is not getting support while you're on edge. Talking to you. 
Lindsay, you are the most rock-steady person I have ever met. Right now. Cause it's time to rock steady. You really feel on the verge of a breakdown. Yes. And I'm worried. Bobby, I, I predict she's references. gonna murder somebody. And then maybe we can see somebody. Sure. I was at home. All night? After 6 o'clock. I got to be at work at 5 a.m., so I don't go out on weeknights. Well, Mr. Cochran, it seems Signed by, Your Honor. Hey, Lenny, got no time for that shit. I'm sorry, the inadmissibility of the DNA evidence aside, Mr. Berluti knows what the results are, which means he knows the witness is lying here. I do not know those results to be accurate. That's why we wanted to do our own test, which we couldn't since the Commonwealth lost a rape kit. Oh, come on. Our client claims he was home alone. I do not know that claim to be false, and I'm entitled to put him up here to tell his story. Mr. Berluti, are you representing to this court that you think the DNA test results are inaccurate? I'm representing I don't know. You're full of crap. Damn. But technically, I can't stop you. Step back. Mr. Cochran, you sat here this morning and heard Miss Fairbanks identify you as the person who raped her. She got it wrong. Look, I'm no saint, but I don't rape people. You got it wrong. Objection. Don't address the victim, sir. I didn't do it. As God is my witness, I'm innocent of this. I was not in space. You held up a convenience store with a gun <laughs> six years ago. Was God your witness that night? I already said I ain't no saint, but I don't rape. But you are a convicted armed robber. Yeah. Mr. Cochran, have you ever been convicted of assaulting a woman? That was a domestic dispute. The answer to my question is yes. Yes. And Mr. Cochran, do you go to a bar known as Jasper's? Sometimes. Sometimes. Was well, Jasper's if I the have one witnesses that, that would Hannibal say you frequent it two to three one? times a remember. week, would they be lying? I can't say for sure, but I thought I for a second that's... For a I had the same Weeknights. Yeah, but I go home early. So your testimony that you don't go out weeknights, that wasn't accurate, was it? I should have said I don't stay out late on weeknights. I see. And this particular weeknight, you didn't go out to Jasper's at all, did you? No, I was at home. Straight home where you were seen by whom? Nobody. I was at home alone, like I said. So the only person who saw you that night was Callie Fairbanks. No, she got it wrong. Oh, she got it wrong. Objection. Yes, she did. Overruled. You raped her. Almost killed her. Objection. Sustained. Now you're lying about it. I'm not lying. I see. You beat up women. You're an armed robber, but you're not a rapist. You go out several nights a week to Jasper's, but the night Callie Fairbanks was raped, you just happened to be home alone. That's your testimony. Yes. I don't rape. You didn't protect me. Jerry. You let her go off on me. Calm down. You're pulling punches in there, Eugene. I didn't pull no punches in there, and I'm not pulling them with you. We gotta plead this out. What? Jerry, if we lose here, your third strike, you're gone for good. It's too risky not to think about pleading. 
Now, a plea would avoid the third strike? It would avoid the third strike in... Uh, I, I, I guess, I guess it would be a provision of the plea. Right. Was this does not count as the third strike. And I guess the prosecutor must have discretion okay. to do that. Well, it might count. So the neck, you know, his next aggression would... Well, who the fuck knows? He's already got two, I got so... twin brother. He gonna pay you a visit. Why? Because he is. You just listen to what he got to say. He's got a twin brother? Yeah, he's got a twin brother. Your Honor, this is an... Did his twin brother do the raping? Well, we're gonna find out, aren't Outrage. we? Outrage. Lawrence Oma or they use each other as like Mally was acquitted. Buffers for the when state she doesn't gets... like that mm -hmm. result, so they're seeking to lock Katie him up civilly. It's a blatant end around double jeopardy, and not Deborah to Mooney mention the Constitution. And it offends every notion of justice. This isn't about locking him up for a crime. Yes, it is. And don't offend my intelligence or the integrity of this court by pretending that... If Ms. McConnell could climb down from her soapbox for a second... I have every right to be this on is a Mark soapbox. Bloom. This is a despicable abuse of police power. I'm inclined to agree, Mr. Scannell. That's so many green lights. Did you see that? ...could climb down from her soapbox. Oh, yeah, those very fancy. I have every right to be on a soapbox. This is a despicable a cool abuse of police power. Only me and Keith. That's true. She I'm inclined likes to the agree, green. Mr. Scannell. You lose at the criminal proceeding, so you simply try to incarcerate him civilly. It's rare to have that doesn't violate a double courtroom jeopardy. scene where both sides are not argued by he any of our people. nevertheless professes to be Hannibal Lecter. He eats people. Now how can this court or any government institution that purports to safeguard the public allow him to just... Has he threatened anybody? Yes. His own former lawyers are afraid of him. They're here to give testimony. Let them get restraining orders if they feel... It's not that simple. Your client is sick. So let's help... He's also staring at her right now, Judge. Get him treatment, oh, yeah. then. You're seeking to throw the him Hannibal's into an asylum and lock Shire him up. All right, look. It smells pretty bad, Mr. Scannell. That would be the rotting human corpse uh, in mm -hmm. his refrigerator. The government didn't even try this with OJ. Or basement, I'd like I guess you to he hear from Lindsay Dole, Your Honor. Yeah, I think it was and the basement. The refrigerator was Mr. O'Malley's you know, own doctor. Those doctors were hired by the lawyers for the purpose of building an insanity defense. Okay, Ms. McConnell, the court notes your outrage. And we <laughs> note your name is McConnell. We get Scannell, it. I am not leaning your way, but I'll let you call your witnesses. Nine o'clock tomorrow. Until then, Mr. O'Malley stays in custody. We are adjourned. I am not leaning your way. However, I think it important that we push Lindsay ever further towards that mental breakdown, which it will be required in order for Mike to be right in this episode. Ah, ah, yes. Well, do a lot of work to make sure that you're right 20 years later. Lawrence. What are you doing, Clarice? Come on, Lawrence, don't talk to her. All right, sir. Are we ever gonna get a payoff for the Clarissa Clarice thing? Uh, it's bugging, it's, for me, it's worse than grape jelly. And she corrected him, so it was not an error in the script. No, no, they made they very much brought it up. You were with your brother. Not for the entire evening, but Evil twin of the guy! Or maybe not evil, who knows? Like very identical twin, super identical. Let's just slap some glasses and a suit on him. It's also Dorian Harewood. What Yay! do you know? But now uh, dressed up as the doctor brother. So Keith. Yes. 
oh dear expert of television. Mm-hmm. Yes. Does he get paid twice? Uh, I do not believe so. Uh, uh, I don't. I don't believe you get paid twice because. Uh, I, I don't think the world works that way. That'd be nice, though. I mean, look, in the theatrical production, right, you do. You do, uh, you John have Travolta a... Travolta in Face Off or one of those it, movies? I, I don't think so. See, in theater, uh, you get paid by the track, right? So you might play five different characters if you're, like, in the ensemble, uh, and you're paid your ensemble rate. However, if you're the understudy for another role... When you go on for that character, you get paid more money as you get sort of bumped up the lineup. And in the rare occasion where you do a split track, where you still do your regular ensemble, but you also do an additional character that you're the understudy for, which doesn't happen that often, but it does happen, you do indeed get paid twice. But I was at his apartment from about 8.30 to 10. That's kind of convenient. If it is true, why have you waited until now to come forward? Why didn't your brother tell us this? I'm an oncologist, Mr. Young. I have a fairly distinguished career. I have a family. If I were to testify in this trial, I'm afraid the public association would... My brother was respecting my wishes, but he now tells me that he could lose. And in good conscience, I can no longer stay silent. You close to your brother? Yes, I am. And you're asking us to believe you sat quiet on an alibi because being associated with your brother would hurt your career. That's correct. And that your brother was willing to let you stay quiet and face life in prison rather than blemish your career. Wow. I was at his apartment between 8.30 and 10. We can't put somebody up there to commit perjury, Dr. Cochran. I won't be committing perjury, Mr. Baluti. I was with my brother from 8.30 to 10. Your brother's semen was found in the victim. The DNA proves it. I'm told the DNA is inadmissible and possibly inaccurate. We're not going to call you. Why? Why? Because if it looks like you're lying, which it will, that'll hurt him. Well, I'm not a lawyer, Mr. Young. But it seems to me if a witness comes forth with exculpatory evidence, Evidence which you cannot establish as being false. And if the client directs you to call that witness, it would be grounds for malpractice for you not to do so. Now, would you like to prep my testimony? Or shall I just meet you at the courthouse? Damn. I'd like to point out how good a job Dorian Harewood is doing. Because those two characters are distinctly different. Yeah, and I might be he's, more afraid of this one. Yeah, I mean, like he's like the way he looks, the way he speaks, the, all of the characteristics are completely different, and yet both characters are believable. It's really good work. Great work. He would talk about the Book of Genesis and how by eating the women. He would become one with them, and he could take them to Lindsay's heaven. Lindsay's on the stand. Mr. O'Malley said that. Yes. And he'd say how he'd make sure that I'd go to heaven. And you interpreted that to mean? I was going to die. And I didn't have to interpret. He said so. He said the other man was going to get me. 
In the course of your representation of Mr. O'Malley, did you form a lay opinion as to his mental health? He's sick and he's dangerous. He murders. Objection! Mr. O'Malley was cleared of all charges of murder. He's a cannibal. He thinks he's Hannibal Lecter, for God's sake. He goes after women, and he has made it clear that he is coming after me. He should be locked up. Ms. Dahl, clearly, you recognize how unusual this is for a lawyer to be giving testimony against a former client? Yes. And I've never done so before. What a weird... But I consider this man to pose an extreme risk to the public. And I suppose particularly to me, because he consumes women he has a relationship with. He seems to believe he has one with me. Thank you, Ms. Dole. Oh, of course he's gonna stand up and be weird. Why are you doing this? Mr. O'Malley, please take your seat. Your Honor, I'd prefer to ask the questions myself. I don't recommend that. And since you have a lawyer here... My lawyer doesn't know the witness. I do. And I believe it's the right of the accused to confront my accuser. That's for criminal proceedings. This is a civil matter. Again, I will ask you to please sit. Fan. During the course of your representation, at any time did you seek police protection? I didn't have to then. He was in custody wearing a muzzle. Now he's not. Well, upon the reading of the verdict, he was released from custody in your presence. Did you protest? I should have. But you didn't. He walked out of the courtroom while you watched silently, isn't that right? I think I was a little stunned by the not guilty verdict. Did anything happen since he was released to make you scared? I got a phone call. From Mr. O'Malley? I believe it was him, yes. Well, did he identify himself? No. There was silence and then a hang-up. Well, why do you believe it was my client? I just do. You just do. Anything else happened since the verdict? No. No. So we're here because you got an anonymous call you think came from Mr. O'Malley. Did you go to the police after you got this phone call? I went to Helen Gamble. Helen Gamble. And she took care of getting my client picked up. Is that correct? Yes. She's a close friend. You and Ms. Gamble even used to be roommates, didn't you? Yes. Thank you. Yikes. Bob's doing a good job there. Yo, I don't... Guys, let's let's just for a second. Hold on, how do I pause it? It's a little okay. difficult. <laughs> let's just let's attempt, and okay. it's gonna be it's gonna be a futile attempt. But let's I'm just ready. attempt to put ourselves in Lindsay's brain space right here. Yeah. Uh, even try to even remotely comprehend the trauma she's been through previously. Right? As right. our base our base level. Which is like extraordinary. Extraordinary. On top of that, this dude that your your firm and partially you represented and got acquitted for murder and then eating the dead people. A serial killer cannibal. Yes. Acquitted. When you he admitted to away. eating yeah. people. He also admitted to 
at least at the very least being obsessed with you and uh, and then on the extreme end wanting to kill and eat you mm-hmm. uh and then you get yeah you get a prank call and then you find yourself on the stand in the in the basically last chance for him to be off the streets you know save you going into witness protection or getting a bodyguard or whatever right and here you are on the stand and you are getting picked apart successfully by making it look like you're the crazy one. So, uh, y'all, can I can't even imagine, like, you about to pop. She's got to be about to pop. I, I certainly would be. I Ooh. think I'd, I'd have a lot of questions about how I got here. Like, maybe, maybe by the time the third serial killer is mm-hmm. coming for you, I don't know, maybe work at Applebee's. Let's just say this wasn't part of the pitch Bobby made at uh, Fenway Park, if you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I go to believe, sir, that you'd wait till now to come forward. I realize that. Okay, we're... All I can say is I had my reasons. That the the testimony of twin I'm brother? So you went to your brother's Cancer home doctor. around 8.30? Yes. We talked for a while, maybe an hour or so, and then I left. After an hour or so? Yes. It was on my way home that I first saw her. Saw so who? Her. Wait, what? She was going into her apartment building. Wait a second. You also saw Miss Fairbanks that night? Oh shit, is he gonna yes. plan B himself? You didn't tell me this. Well, it's a little difficult to just come out with something like that. I'm still not sure I can. Come out with what? Whoa, 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 sorry, 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 everybody. Sorry, sorry, sorry. So if you plan be yourself and claim you did the rape, you can still be arrested, can't you? I believe so, yeah. So, so it doesn't feel like the right move. Well, you are protecting your brother to some extent, but yeah, you, then, you're, then you're certainly like on the hook. Unless but, he's going to say, I'm just trying to predict... Unless he's going to say that she saw, I don't know, I don't know. We well, I mean, well, think about it this way: like he's he's counting on people not believing him, right? So he's like, I'm going to throw up some reasonable doubt, but you're not, you don't actually believe I did this, so they're not going to like charge him that it was me, that I was the one who raped her. Your Honor, we're going to take a short recess. <laughs> Counsel, we'll Chambers. be back after these messages. We're going to play some kickball, then we're going to come back to the juice. What? You think I knew that was coming? What exactly did he tell you he planned to say? Just that he was with his brother. Obviously, he didn't tell me what he really planned to say because he feared I wouldn't put him up there if I knew. You have to call a mistrial. Double jeopardy. Not when it's defense misconduct. We didn't know. Mr. Young, if I find out you orchestrated this... Come on! It doesn't even help us. Talk about him having no credibility before. Miss Gamble, you can either cross him now or I'll continue the case and let you investigate. Your call. I'd like to be able to argue that the defendant was facing the three-strike law. What? Goes to bias. It explains why his brother would lie for him since he's facing life imprisonment. I can't let you argue that, Miss Gamble, and you know it. This judge has no more fucks to give. No, but he does have a thick Boston accent. So you just drove by, saw the victim raped her? Yes. Ever rape anyone else? 
No. Ever commit a crime before? No. You're an oncologist, Dr. Cochran? You know, this show really yes. screws us up, Keith, because it always wants to talk anyway? about rapes, and it knows that that cuts us off at the knees. We now can't make jokes for the rest of the, the next 20 minutes. I mean, we'll do it anyway, but we have to be very careful, and you know I hate being careful. Yes, how rude of the... <laughs> Of the victims of that. Has no Messi- one thinking about the two white podcast hosts that have to yeah. make a comedy podcast? Yeah, boy. I, I don't know, Louie. It is really tough when people are so rudely victimized and don't let you make jokes. How dare you? A little over $300,000. Family? It's because I am much skinnier I than Louie's Because I have a career. <laughs> That's so why much more hair. It's why when my brother was arrested, he stayed silent. He was prepared to let himself be prosecuted for something he didn't do because he didn't want me to lose all I had. Oh, I see. So he was happy to go to prison. They actually had to is I can't tell if they just like put if if he just they just pulled his hair tight or if he got it cut and literally they filmed it twice. They, I, they I, just filmed the scenes. I bet because he's got sideburns and longer hair and that I mean they, they could wig him, they could do all that, but it doesn't I look like a wig. I bet they shot him out as one character then did the other character, which is tough, but I, you know, because of these group scenes, because you got to get coverage for everybody, but there's only a couple of shots where they're both, I don't think there's any shots where they're both in the frame. And I don't think there's well, much. I'm just trying to see if potentially they, if it's, if it's keyed in, you know what I mean? Like, because it's like you said, it's only like these static over the shoulders. I don't, I don't think they ever do. I don't think it's ever keyed in you because you don't ever see him in the yes. frame at the same time. Well, he must really... Well, I'm saying... what? Okay, let me reframe. If I'm not mistaken, we could go back and watch it. We won't. But it looks like these Helen coverage shots are all done super tight. Like, that's an empty courtroom. I don't think that shot with the group. Right. See not the way you. it's... The crow's crop. does. Both of these. He also knows what this will do to our Yeah, they're, they're definitely... I was the one who made it. Using singles to finally make it easier proud. so you don't have to shoot like they're the not entire cutting scene. To the, they're not cutting twice. to the jury here. Himself. It's clear. So you said to yourself, sounds good. I tried to go along with it for the same reasons, but ultimately or, I couldn't. Or, here's what I think they did. I think they shot, they shot some reaction shots of him as the brother on trial at the, at the, uh, the defense stand. And the, so the, but they didn't, they made sure not to have the defense stand in any of the other coverage in the rest mm-hmm. of the, and then, and then just shot it normally, just cropping out the defense stand and then just cutting to it to put him in the same room. I bet that's what they did. That's why I'm here today to tell the truth. So doctor, you know, once your brother is acquitted, double jeopardy applies and he can never be retried, right? I'm not a lawyer. You're not a lawyer. Is it your testimony that you don't know once your brother is acquitted, he can never be retried? I know what double jeopardy is. So if he's acquitted and you get arrested, he can testify at your trial that he did it. Objection. Overruled. Uh-huh. My brother is innocent. Smart. I'm the one Wicked who did smart. it. Wicked I don't like being played for a fool, Doctor. If I told you what I planned to say, would you have called me to testify? If it's the truth, yes. You don't know what the truth is, okay? Well, the jury's gonna know what the truth is, and I'm telling you better be ready. You just explain it, counsel. Me and my brother love each other. 
I was willing to get arrested for rape rather than let his career get wrecked. And when it looked like I might get convicted, he came forward to say what happened. That was our plan. Now, you just sell that, counsel. Because for all you know, it could be the truth. I know it isn't the truth. That's why I'm trying to... You just sell it. This really grates on Eugene because you know what he hates is that is the conception that they are snake oil salesmen, right? Well, yeah, and they're there's that, and they're getting played. Yeah, so it's like the double Eugene. That shit he hates. I couldn't come up with a good branding there. <laughs> <laughs> it's not I mean, a poor delicious Chelsea Handler's like what the Jesus H. Well, right, yeah, of course. Oof, though. Can you imagine? Oh, man. What's who raped going on? Now it's like, who raped me? First the DNA and now the twin? Yeah, Helen, you have Is lost control of this. I hope not. I'm so sorry. But don't worry, you have a shining stand-up career ahead of me. Oh, Helen's showing us some emotion here. She's had a shitty season, man. Lots of, lots of shit went yeah. wrong for, for Last gambling. season, she went full evil. This season, she's just having a rough one. Deborah Mooney is about to make a verdict. This man is in need of serious and immediate help. Stand up, Mr. O'Malley. You eat people? Only dead ones, Your Honor. I would never harm a living soul. Never. Can you appreciate how sick it is for you to consume human flesh? No one's complained from PETA. You think this is funny? <laughs> Zing! Zing! Chelsea! I think we found you some good new material. Zing. Your Honor, I was forced to stand trial for three murders I did not commit. I lost my job and will likely never get it back. I've had to sit in a courtroom listening to people calling me a monster. Allow me to find some gallows humor where I can. I don't have to allow you a damn thing. She's awesome. And if this were truly a civil commitment hearing, I would throw you in the deepest of holes. But, but this isn't that, Mr. Scannell. It's a pretext. The Commonwealth failed at the criminal trial, so you're trying to take another whack. It violates double jeopardy. It insults the very system we're sworn to uphold. And if I were to ever let you get away with it, the DAs would be lined up outside my courtroom door. The petition is denied. I am enjoining Mr. O'Malley from going within 500 yards of Ms. Dole. Better pay attention to that, sir. We're adjourned. Are you crazy? Lindsay. He's a Yikes. serial killer, for God's sake. As a matter of law, he isn't, Ms. Dole. He was acquitted. Why didn't you take more witnesses? Call the doctors. Lindsay. Let go of me. What happens if he kills again? We're adjourned. What's wrong with you? You wear the robe to protect the public. And I wear it to protect the integrity of this room, Ms. Dole. I have made my ruling. I would advise you strongly to end it right now. 
Yikes. Deborah Mooney's great, though. Lindsay, come on. Why didn't you call the doctors? It wouldn't have mattered. Of course it would have mattered. They would have testified that he's insane. His lawyers would have asked why they didn't initiate commitment proceedings. We at least got a restraining order if he tries to pull anything. Yeah. And he's doing the creepy stare. Come near me. I'll kill you. Oh. Uh, okay, well. Let's go. Okay, well, straightforward. We all know what is going to happen next. If you acquit, oh, wait. Double Jeopardy will reattach. The defendant can never Time be retried. It's Ladies and gentlemen, it's closing time. Get twin to it. Know what is going to happen uh, next. If you acquit, Double Jeopardy will reattach. And the defense. Wasn't Double Jeopardy the name of a bad t twin movie? Ooh, well, that's a good question. Let me, let I me think look. That, that might have been like, yeah, I got to know for sure. Double Jeopardy, yes. Yes, I think, yes. Ashley Judd, uh, Ashley Judd, oh. Ashley Judd, and Tommy Lee Jones. Mm. A woman framed for her husband's murder suspects he is still alive. As she has already been tried for the crime, she can't be reprosecuted if she finds and kills him. Shit. David and Kelly can never there. be retried. What he can do is take the stand at the doctor's rape trial, say he did it and gift wrap reasonable doubt for the doctor. Why would these brothers resort to something so desperate? Because the victim saw the man that raped her. She positively identified the defendant as being that man. And the defendant had no alibi. This grand stunt was all they had. Never mind how ridiculous. The evil twin comes forward under oath to say, it was me. That woman was raped. Almost killed. This is what the defendant did to her. This isn't a game of strategy and tricks and antics. She was raped. I've tried many cases, and every time I have asked the jury to follow the evidence, which I will do again here. But for the very first time, I am going to ask the 12 of you to follow your hearts. I believe most people are fundamentally moral. And I don't think it's wrong for you to let conscience be one of your guides as you go back to that deliberating room. We all know who committed this crime. We know the brother is lying to save him. Hey. A woman was raped. Lara Flynn Boyle's like, dear oopsies, remember, I'm still here. 
Asuka, yeah. I love you. Look, Asuka, I know, like the like the season oopsies are coming up, and uh, I don't think she's won one. And she's like, I gotta pad my resume a little bit, so here's some tears. Yeah, yeah. Let conscience be your guide. Oh, Eugene's about to fucking. <laughs> this country has never trusted conscience as a directional, and why should we? In Washington, even our most noble politicians sell their opinions to special interest groups. They have to. Check. Without money, you can't get elected. Check. Read the papers lately? Fair. You think the Catholic Church is guided by conscience? Check, check. It's check, exactly check, because check. we don't trust society to act out of conscience that we've declared ourselves a nation of laws. Laws. We must follow the law. Laws are what we have to prevent anarchy, and they should be. Suicide bombers act out of conscience, for God's sake. In America, we go for the law. In the criminal justice system, the law mandates that in order to convict, you must find the accused guilty beyond all reasonable doubt. You can't do that here. The prosecution's entire case is the victim's ID, an ID which is highly suspect. She had no idea how tall he was. She said the man had no facial hair. My client had a mustache. She was admittedly in and out of consciousness while forming her observation. And she was also in shock. Can we trust what she thinks she saw? Beyond all reasonable doubt? Add to that. Another man has come forward confessing to the crime. The DA may not believe him. You might not believe him. Could be nothing more than brotherly love. But that confession stands unrefuted. Unrefuted. Even the victim can't contradict it because that man looks just like this man, the one she described. Oh, there, the oh that was a shot they keyed him in. Mm-hmm. Sorry. <laughs> but even your conscience has to really want to think here. about it for a while. There's reasonable doubt. I bet Eugene felt a little gross there. Obviously, the guy should ever show up here, just call the police. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Where is it? Is his job? She's in my oh, office. Oh, here's the rest of the firm. Well, could you make her take? Okay, so. Bobby is strategizing with everybody about how to protect Lindsay from this psychopathic, cannibalistic serial killer. Now, Marla, excuse me, Lucy just took a phone call in the background, but we hear the audio, which vis-a-vis -vis means We that, got a verdict. Yes, we have a verdict and or the serial killer they're talking about right now is on the phone. It's probably a not off. a I'm junk phone call. Me. I can't believe this man is on the street. That was Eugene. The yeah, jury was. was out 11 minutes. And they have a verdict? They just got called back in. They always say it's a short amount of time, but that's a short amount of time. Very specific too, 11 minutes. Yeah. Guys, we only have five minutes left. I think we're gonna get a verdict here, but then we're just gonna get a well, teaser for next please week. Rise. For the Lindsay thing. Yeah, we'll find out. Mr. Foreman. Has the jury reached a verdict? Verdict. We have, Your Honor. What say you? 
Commonwealth versus Jerry Cochran on the charge of aggravated rape, we find the defendant, Jerry Cochran, guilty. Mr. Cochran, you have been convicted by a jury of your peers. Security, take the defendant into custody. This matter is now adjourned. We'll review whatever grounds we have and let you know if there are any possible appeals. Okay. Took that in stride. The brother does not look happy. Thank you. Ellen gets a win. Is there a chance for appeal? I don't know. An 11-minute deliberation. It could be good for something. It's worth raising. We'll see what we can figure out. Dr. Cochran, I'd cancel your appointments for the afternoon. I'll be sending officers to arrest you for perjury. You made a big mistake. I'm not sure how they could prove it. They can't get me on that, can they? You lied under oath. But how can they prove it? I can just keep telling them I did it. That DNA evidence, it couldn't be used against your brother but it can be used against you to prove you lied. Mr. Young, Yikes. Jerry and I are identical twins. We have oh. the same DNA. Yeah, duh. Come Still, on, Eugene, you know that. that story's a little tough to swallow. Well, if we really get desperate, I can just show them the scar where she gouged me with the key. Uh. My brother tried to tell you. You don't know what the truth is. He totally freaking did it. Yeah, but... Why wouldn't they have asked him about that? It is one of the most, like, ridiculous parts of this episode. Because they all... Like, the this entire thing is predicated on... Well, he's a doctor and he's wearing a suit. He couldn't possibly have done it. Let's not look any further at all into the possibility that he might have done it. Yeah, and just because they're twins, like he's going to get up there and confess to something that will put him away. And like, well, it's it's just like they could have done five minutes of investigation and at least made it pretty clear that he did it. Well, five minutes. They at least tried to cover that a little bit in the script because that judge gave Helen the opportunity. She's like, you can cross him now or I'll give you time to go investigate. And she's like, no time needed. Yeah, well, and that's on Helen. Yeah, so because Helen, though... Helen was Helen was so afraid of losing the case, she didn't do five minutes of diligence to look into it. Because he was wearing a tie. So therefore, he there's no... It's impossible he did it. Even though he's saying he did. Craziness. Boy, the Waldo Lider can see Miss Laura Hunt. Watching TV, that's not in copyright. After. I have something to say to you. Or not. Fake baby crying in the other room. We don't see it. I don't even think there's a fake baby. Well, up. Oh, you better score it. Dun dun dun. Dun 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 dun. Bobby, hold. We, why you would let Lindsay answer the door? Your apartment ain't that big. It's not him. It's like a delivery. It's flowers. 
pizza. Mm, I cover some pizza right now. It is him. It's a hundred percent him. There's a restraining order. You just screwed up. Don't. 30 seconds, then I'll go. I swear. Bobby! Yes, this is an emergency. There's an intruder in my house. What's wrong? His name is Lawrence O'Malley. I promise I'm not here to cause anybody any harm. I just need to talk to her, please. The police are coming. Just tell me why you betrayed me, Clarice. I need to know. Get out before I throw you out. You might get hurt. Who are you? You know who I am. You're in danger, Clarice. He is coming for you. Get out! Only I can save you. You got two seconds before I throw you out! You'll go to heaven, and I will take you there myself. Know what? Why don't you go on ahead without me? Lindsay! Point Lindsay. blank! Two, three. Bobby? Oh, boy. She fucking shot him dead! I told you. I wasn't gonna go through it again. Maybe? You know what? Lindsay needs a therapist, but I feel like a couple's counsel might now be in the cards. <laughs> so what do you want to talk about this week? So no hanging chads, folks. I'd say... Well, that's pretty self-defense, don't you think? Well, it's a little tough because he didn't appear to be armed. He didn't appear to be moving towards her. He made some threats. He said he was going to eat her, send her to heaven. Right. Their but baby was there. I mean, For self-defense, it's got to be imminent. It's got to be happening right that minute. But we're going to get another cast member on trial for murder. Mike was right, baby. It's another one. Yeah, Mike. So here's the thing. I Did, did you know? No. You what literally... kind of accusation is that? <laughs> wow. Well, you were dead fucking How dare right. you? How dare you? All right, folks. It's time for the after show show. Uh, we had a lot to talk about. Yes, we do. Now, we'll be back on the YouTubes. And we are back, baby. Oh, Holy wow. shit. We've had yet another of our cast member yeah, kill somebody. Woo! Yeah. Another yes, one bites did. the dust. It is the third. Like, they're kind of... Our cast is now Dexter. They, yeah, have, like... they, they kill serial killers. Our firm is a serial killing firm that kills serial killers. They're literally Dexter. Is there, like, in the yellow pages, is there ad, like... Have you been in an accident? Do you need a law firm who, where every lawyer has been acquitted of murder? <laughs> Do you need someone creepy killed? Because we can oh, wow. and will do it. Uh, all right. Well, speaking of creepy things. Mm, two, three, four. Mike has 30 seconds to remember what just happened on the show. Segment. 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 Hey, guys, uh, there's twin brothers who one of them raped somebody, and apparently we don't care too much to figure out which one it was because we're just trying to play them against each other to get what we want, be it Helen, be it Eugene. Guess what? 
Nobody gets what they want. The right guy gets away. The wrong guy goes to prison. The right guy gets away, I guess. Uh, we don't really talk much more about it. Lindsay's getting stalked by this guy. They try to get him civilly uh, put away, but she loses that. And so Lindsay's like, you know what? I'd rather just blow him away. Yeah. There it is. Uh, well, if you weren't blown away by that synopsis, get ready. Because you're going to get blown away by this one. Twin brothers in crime? Something's eating at Lindsay. One perp walks away. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, that's good. Something's eating at Lindsay. I like it. Way to work in the cannibalism. Mm-hmm. And only one perp walks away. We get it covers all the bases, baby. Well done. Well done. That's uh yeah. Very, very good. Good job, Mike. Now it is time to hand out some good job other people in our award show entitled... Ladies and gentlemen, the Out of Practice Podcast, in unofficial, unsolicited, unfactual association with David E. Kelly Productions, proudly present... Oopsie. The Oopsies! Celebrating excellence in acting good. Lawyering good, guessing good, and being Tom Brady. Not to mention, this is where we rate the episode and stuff. Now, here are your hosts, Keith and Mike. Pop, what the hell are the oopsies? Well, I'll tell you, Jackie. It's a fake show that begins with a very real bumper that sounds like... Amazing. All right. So, uh, well, yeah. You know, I, look, Helen blew it. Eugene blew it. You know who I think kind of did the right, most valuable for her client, although he doesn't did. I'm gonna have to say, who's Mick 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 McNulty, the the actress, the McNichol, the actress McNichol who was playing McGinty. It was very Irish, very on-the-nose Irish what? names. <laughs> uh, she's the one who got uh, Hannibal. McNichol playing McGonagall. She was able to uh, protect Hannibal Lecter to, from being unjustly committed, even though it would have been just, but it was unjust in this circumstance. I think she deserves it the most. Wow, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. Most valuable to her client. I don't know that society at large, but... No, yeah. I mean, normally the, the logical thing would be to give it to Helen because she won her case. She did exactly what she was trying to do. She made a good close. Uh, but it's it's hard to give it to her when she didn't bother to get the right twin. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's, and it was it's... clearly they, led, they, they laid that breadcrumb about the stabbing because she pretty... I mean, not just like, I thought I got him. I guess I was wrong. I mean, they then they had Eugene cross her, and she's like, yeah, I drew blood. I got him. I, she clearly got him good, too. That yeah. scar was it was, was intense. Yeah, and I mean, and it's probably been months and months since 
I mean, you know, to, to get to trial and to get that far. So, uh, yeah. Okay. I was not going to go in this direction, but I think you're right. I think it's, uh, it's, it's mechanical. Uh, the, uh, the lawyer who helped. Do you want me to mispronounce up- it a few more times? Will that do good for our, uh, defamation <laughs> case? <laughs> well, look, uh, based on the prosecution in Boston this week, uh, collecting the evidence for that case would be way too far because you have to sort through 10,000 hours of our nonsense. Although I think you'd probably find enough evidence in the pilot. Uh, all right. So congratulations, uh, lawyer. Where is it? There we go. State attorney McConnell for uh, getting Hannibal free, setting up our finale. Uh, you know, it was important to the plot, too. You have to think about the plot uh, characteristics. Okay. Uh, it's time. It's time to dance it up. Here we go. Already famous because you've been on TV. Getting a paycheck. first entry on your IMDb. Way to go. But you're the best guest actor. You are the best guest actor. You are the best guest actor on the episode. Yo, it's not easy playing a... Oh, it's not easy playing a brother. All right, it is not easy playing a brother. Less so playing a twin brother with no special effects and fancy Hollywood to make it. You just basically have to get a haircut mm-hmm. and act good. And that yeah. is what uh, Dorian did this episode. And so I think it's uh, pretty much a no-brainer. Oh, yeah. No, I think I think Dorian Harewood did a very, very good job in this episode. I mean, even if, even if the, the storytelling didn't make a lot of sense, he made sense of it. And gave us two believable different characters whose motivations were clear. He's a good actor. Dorian Harris is a good actor. Uh, so, uh, yeah. No, congratulations, Space Jam, on your best guest actor. You don't know, that might be the thing he's most proud of. And he wishes we wouldn't mention Full Metal Jacket. You don't know. Yes. Yeah, I don't know. You're right. Dorian, if you're listening, if you are the the other listener other than Phoenix, write in. Let us know <laughs> which uh, which movie are you are you prouder of? Okay, now it's time for you killed your podiatrist or blew the case, but you let a single tear run down your face. You're the best actor on the show. Show. Well, listen, Lara Flynn, I saw you. I saw you work up those tears. I saw you give that close with passion, with grace. But unfortunately, oh, no. Kelly Williams, Kelly Williams said, I am going to have a mental nervous breakdown and I'm going to do it while still being grounded, while still pleading for any other recourse from the justice system, from my colleagues, from my husband. And at the end of the day, I'm going to murder this man in cold blood with an acting choice that could have gone a million different ways. I'll credit some of the direction and I'll credit Kelly, but she chose to go with, this is what I had to do. And then that last line delivery to Bobby saying, I told you, I told you I needed some help. 
and uh, I just thought every choice was perfect. It wasn't too much. It could have been too much. Kelly Williams wins it and earns it. Yeah, okay. Well, Lara Flynn. Okay. I see you. <laughs> I saw you working up the tears. I saw that impassioned close. I saw you... Uh, really bringing the character's experience into her job as the lawyer. And you get an oopsie from me! Yeah, that's right. You get your oopsie. I thought, of course, Kelly was terrific, but this, it's time for Lara Flynn to get her due. So uh, we're in a big fight about the best actor on the show. Congratulations, the two of y'alls. And we are in a big fight with... The Tom Brady Award for being Tom Brady. Look, there are many things that I'm unsure about, but mm. one thing I am sure of, in fact, it is a, a bona fide fact, uh-huh. is that only one thing Keith hates more than Tom Brady. Mm, what is that? And that is Twin Brady. Twin Brady wins oh, the Tom Brady Award for being Brady. Tom Brady. I thought you Two were going to say exercise. No. Oh, yeah, well, that too. <laughs> Twin Brady. Okay. That's uh very, very good. Okay, so now we have to decide is this episode very, very good? Let's find out. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time to announce how many spare tires this episode gets. Alright, so yes. Uh what's great about the spare tires is that it, it is uh it is totally Dependent is is totally subjective. <laughs> it changes based on our mood and all kinds of things. <laughs> That's but, for sure. Uh, this week is interesting because I think I liked parts of it more than I... I think sometimes we like the whole more than the sum of its... Sometimes the sum of its... Uh, we, uh, whatever the, the turn of phrase I'm looking for is, I like parts uh, I think, of I think this, that's a... Uh, the, the, the metaphor... It was a car crash of a metaphor. So I just made a metaphor about your disastrous metaphor. There are parts that I enjoyed more than the sum of those parts, for sure. Um, for example, I this show has often been, I've we've often criticized it for dragging out plot lines for too long. Then mm-hmm. again, we've thought they've killed some serial killers off too soon. They could have been- Thanks. Hanks, yeah, they could have been a great recurring plotline. The Hannibal Lecter thing had all of the markings of something that was going to get long in the tooth. Uh, yeah. And I think they curbed it right at the right time, but were still able to, over just two episodes, really explore the the possibilities of it emotionally through Lindsay. We got to see her exasperation, her dumbfoundedness, we got to see it all because we got to from this guy eats people, which is starting pretty high uh, to Lindsay shot him at point blank range in front of Bobby and her child. Uh, pretty. Uh, we got there and none of it felt oh, none. But for the most part, I thought it was earned. I thought it was emotionally consistent with what was portrayed. Uh, and I think it leaves us a really cool two episodes to see where it's going to go. I can't imagine a universe, and I've been wrong many times before, that 
the next two episodes aren't dedicated to the fallout from this. I, I just can't, I, I can't see how that's not possible. Right. I can't see how that wouldn't be possible. Um, so I really liked it, and I thought that it, I really liked it. I like where Lindsay's at. I like, I, I'm pissed off about the Clarissa thing. I can only imagine, Keith, that the Clarissa thing is the only linchpin for us as an audience to hang our hat on that he was faking it and he's just a serial killer. The Hannibal Lecter thing was just a right, thing right. for his trial. That's the only, that's, I mean, that's all I it's, got. It's not a terrible thing to have some ambiguity in there. Yeah. But. um, Yeah. You know, we complain often they beat us over the head with certain facts. So, you know, it is what it is. Uh, so I thought that was cool. The other case, the twin brother case, the save an excellent performance performance by Dorian uh I I I feel like it's it's feeling a little rote that Eugene is always in these predicaments where he's like we know the guy's guilty or or like we're led to believe it's he's guilty and then there's a twisty twist and the twisty twist ends up making me hate the case like the twist, mm-hmm. the twist here once again makes me think this is stupid. Nobody does their due diligence. They don't want to put them on the stand. They don't want to find out. It's all about that kind of. It's all about the bluster or the 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 show, the performance of it, rather than like simple due diligence. Fucking put Ray Abruzzo up there. He would have been like, uh, let's see behind your ear. Like, like you said, it's right. it's such a. It feels so tacked on or written backwards, right? Like oh, let's leave this little bread come because we know at the end we're going to reveal the brother. But then we don't fill in the middle. We don't bother to right. fill in the middle. It's that same uh, blame we want to put on Helen. We have to put on the writers too because it's 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 lazy. It's lazy. Yeah, I can't come up with a better term. And it's unfortunate because excellent performances by Helen Gamp, uh, by... Uh, uh, Lara Flynn by Steve Harris uh, by Michael Bataluco. Uh The whole the, it's great. The judge, the, the Dorian, it was they were great pieces, but the material lets them down a little bit. I think as a whole, I think the episode is uneven, is wi- wildly uneven. Then because we have this like huge emotional and physical thing happening with one plot line on the other plot line, it's kind of just like a Chelsea Handler also excellent in this episode. And this poor lady, she's like, I do all the things that is hard to do. You come forward and, and try to prosecute, prosecute a rape, which at the best of times is difficult to do. But when they lose your rape kit and they bring up a twin brother and you stab the guy, you did everything they teach you to do. And still, it's not open and shut. And at this point, the guy still gets away. Right. She doesn't um, know that, but yes. And not that random people can't commit rapes. I, I don't know even remotely enough about the psychopathy of this stuff, but also this oncologist who, if we are to be believed, if it is to be believed, has never raped anybody before and just is like cruising down the street and decides, I'm gonna rape this lady, seems wildly, it doesn't seem to fit. It, it just, it, it's it's a it's a, a red herring that they decide they want to make an actual herring. I'm confusing my, you know what I'm saying? Like a deus yeah. machina, red herring for real like yeah it's just yeah. this thing that it's this needle they try to thread so often and it's rarely ever worked yeah. rarely ever worked uh so that all said i just couldn't love it 
I'm going to give it an eight point. It's still, it's still a good episode. That's Not, pretty high, yeah. I can't, yeah, I was going to say I can't. It just feels too high. I've been inching up the episodes lately because I've really been on a roll. I can't, I can't even go that hard. I think I'm going to go 7.79. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to write down your score because when I have to go and do the final oopsies, I have to go back to the video and try to find the moment where we give the ratings and it is time consuming because we talk forever. Uh, All right. So here's, I think what happens in this episode and it is, I'm speaking from this, from the standpoint of a writer and uh, it is, it is a tough thing to write an episode of anything. It that is a it is a huge task. It is a huge er task to write a whole season of something, and it is an enormous task to write six seasons at twenty two or twenty three episodes apiece. So, it is really really tough. But something that happens when stuff gets tough, when when you've when you've written a ton and you and you're sort of trapped in a corner as a writer. And one of the crutches you use, like you said, is to start from the twist, start from the end, and then out of convenience, laziness, or necessity, from the standpoint of the writer, you make your characters dumb. You make them dumber than they are, or act out of character with themselves. Because I need this thing to happen. I need this twist to happen and instead of really going and woodshedding it and figuring out how can I get there in a logical way in which the characters aren't dumber than they are and they're acting within their character, if you try to force a resolution, sometimes you're sort of trapped having to make everybody in the room make the stupid mistake of of not spending five minutes investigating which twin did this. You make the stupid mistake to, to uh, I, I, I see your hand. Uh, you're almost there. Go ahead. Uh, and let me just real quick, and then I want you to jump back in because you're making a great point here. You know, we were so quick to put that all on Helen because the bad guy walked because she didn't do her. But at the same time, Eugene's job is for his client to get off. Right. And it's an easy acquittal. If he and he was so pissed off about not believing the brother, if he had just said, "Let me see behind your ear," same difference, same little bit of thing. His client gets off. Right, he's not representing the brother. So, yeah. So there you go. Yeah. yeah. No, it, it, exactly, exactly. And so, and uh, so, so wait, one more. The brother who was so cavalier, being like, "Oh well, our DNA is the same. You'll never catch me. You'll never catch me." Yeah, we'll have your DNA and the fucking scar. Why do you think you're gonna get an, an acquittal? Say your brother always like. There's evidence. It's no, and and again, and that's the thing. And the in the other part of it, like the brother, the 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 brother who did it, also by 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 doing this rape is acting out of character from what we've established of the character. We've only met him for ten minutes, but we've set up like like you pointed out, it's out of character for him, and there's no explanation as to why he would do this or why why now why this way, and so. Again, you're writing backwards from the twist and you're sort of dumbing things down, dumbing your characters down for your own convenience so you can get there. Which, uh, believe me, I've done it. I do it all the damn time. And it's 
it's tough because it's hard not to, but I, you know, I can see it when it's happening. Um, and the other, so that's my feeling about that. The, the Lindsay case, you, you talked about the sum of the parts, right? And, and what, you know, what does that equal? And with this Lindsay serial killer case, the sum of the parts is worse than this episode because taken in a vacuum, this case, the serial killer and the Hannibal thing is an obsession with Lindsay and how she's handling it. Okay. Yeah. That's an interesting story. That's, I think it's an interesting story told pretty well. It's performed well. I don't dislike this character. I don't dislike backing Lindsay into a, a corner like this, and then we're going to go through the the fallout of it. I, I like that. That's a great storyline. That's 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 great. But there are other parts in this. This is not happening in a vacuum. We've already done this twice. The, this is the third serial killer We've all- who has attacked Lindsay. You had Vogelman, who was obsessed with with Eleanor, but he stabbed Lindsay. Then the Hinks beat. This is what I think they should have done with Hinks. They should have had Hinks stalk her, then she kills him, then she goes on trial for killing Hinks. That's the storyline they should have done. But you missed that opportunity. You biffed that. That... It, you know, and you put Bobby on trial for, okay, so whatever it, it's, but it's the same thing. So now coming back this third time, it's ridiculous. It's utterly ridiculous. Her baby was there, man. She had to protect the baby. Well, it's not ridiculous that she killed him. It's ridiculous that we're on our third serial killer obsessed with the same fucking character. But this one's modeled directly, not modeled cribbed directly from a very successful 90s movie keith uh, well understood it uh, it's just it, it's tough i get it i get it right because you've got you've got these these seven characters and you've got six seasons you've you're over 100 episodes now you need to have exciting and crazy and wild things happen within the context of your show you've got sweeps weeks you got to deal with you've got the season finales and season premieres you've got to deal with so like i get why you're sort of stretched a little thin on crazy like exciting things to happen to these characters but you have you have you have drained the the serial killer well. You have dug under the well. You went through the like the the mantle and the core and the you know the magma down there, and you've come out on the other hand. We're in China now. Enough already. It's like I'm gonna take it at face value, and I'm gonna enjoy it at face value. And like these episodes are good by themselves. If I hadn't seen season four. And season three, I'll be like, wow, how exciting. This is awesome. I can't wait to find out what happens. But I have seen those other seasons. Uh, so it's just come up with another idea, right? Yeah. You already did this one. It, this, this is leftovers. And okay, so maybe you added an extra spice to it, but it's still been sitting in the fridge next to the body parts. All right. That's all I have to say about that. Uh <sighs> Because I'm still excited to find out what happens. See, and here's here's where they get me, right? Because I'm excited. 
I already noted the next episode because I was excited to see what happened. And I'm excited to do the season finale because I'm excited to see what happens. And I, I, I'm compelled to watch it. I So while I am eviscerating this, I'm also total, I'm, I'm in. I'm a, I'm a mark for this. I want to see it. I'm excited. So I don't know what the fuck to say about this episode. 7.31. You know, you wonder, like, it, it's interesting because they seem so, um, so willing to explore personal beats of the characters so there are so much more in, there are interesting stories to still to be told there's just, you know there are characters rebecca uh eugene uh, jimmy whose personal lives we haven't really explored much more lately we've been yeah. given interesting tidbits helen uh in addition you know something that i think i i enjoyed about the show early on and i enjoy about shows in general is when we exalt competency right we're yeah. so used to see on tv like the big the dumb dumbs or the jimmy beats like but it's when they strategically implement a plan or do really smart stuff that's when yeah. i think the show and much of television ex- exceed exceeds and yet we keep cutting them off at the knees you know yeah. like we don't let them make the big discovery or oh Lindsay picked up on it here and then they or the other thing that they don't do which they've teased a few times which is the times where you've got Helen, who's more of an investigative body, and the firm who wants to like kind of be less trickery and snake oil salesman, where's the big investigation? We could have we could have had two episodes of now we're finding out is he faking it? Who's the real kill? There's so many. It's not for lack of ideas. There's shit. There are other stories to tell. But you're right. TV, the medium at this point in time, was built around huge event television at sweeps weeks. Yeah cliffhangers at the season finale. It wasn't until much later where we truncated series to a shorter amount of time, let bingeability became a thing, the anti-hero became a thing. But, but you know, like David E. Kelly is on the cusp of it so many times of like, of, of turning the sort of procedural on its head and yet we haven't quite gotten well, there. I, I you know, I, I think what we're seeing here, and this is where the real world bleeds into the storytelling. This season and this arc particularly seems like a show that has lost its confidence Mm -hmm. and because a confident show right now would be making the season arc about a a class action suit the team being competent like you said going and and going after big tobacco or going after whatever like they did earlier where they they trust that their audience is smart they trust that the audience has bought in and that you don't need to feed us skittles every episode and so what was happening in real life right now was the ratings were slipping and i think they were starting to worry about a renewal for season seven and and i and i think that the there's a little bit of lack of confidence in their audience and a little bit of desperation showing up in the storytelling here and i think that's part of what is happening and i'm sure they're getting a lot of the network is saying like look you guys are super expensive now and uh you used to be giving us these numbers and you got to get them back and if you're pitching us a class action story about something that doesn't involve something crazy with our main characters, they're like, I don't know if this is going to help you get renewed. So 
there there definitely is external pressure adding to this. So, you know, I talk about these storylines not happening in a vacuum, but the production of the show also doesn't happen within a vacuum. So mm -hmm. anyway, it's very interesting um, to sort of see this play out with David E. Kelly coming back in to sort of rescue a season that was starting to, sp to spiral out a little bit and, you know, perhaps overcorrecting. But we'll see. We still have two more episodes to this season. So uh, lots of things could happen. We're going to find out. But before we do, we have a Easter egg for Mike to explain to us. Uh, I didn't see Brent anywhere, so... Well, uh, because you have not watched all of Star Trek yet... You might not know that that uh, insane grin on Brent Spiner's face there is very undata-like. But you know what Did it is like. Do you have an like. evil twin? It's a lot like Data's evil twin, Lore! Oh, oh he's over there! Oh, look, that's the evil twin. Mike's going to do something in post. Let's react to it. <laughs> I don't know what it's going to be, but what, oh, is he no, shitting it's on lore. us? I don't even... <laughs> oh, no, it's Lore. <laughs> Oh, all, all those right. strikes, all those uh, Star Trek strikes. Well, you have gotten through another episode of the Out of Practice podcast. If you would like to talk to us about it, you can reach us by email at outofpracticepodcast at gmail.com. Leave us a note right down below here on the YouTubes. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Out of Practice Podcast. Hey, while you're there, we already asked, but I'm going to ask again. Leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or any other service of your choice. We will happily welcome you into the jury. Write anything you want. Tell us we're bad. It doesn't matter. We're going to read it. We'd like to thank our founding sponsors, Jorge Novoa, CloudLover69, Leanne Wrights, Jennifer Masanova, and Kari Kuhn. You can get your name on that list. Keith can put you up there on the Photoshop. Spell it wrong. Who knows? All Goodbye. you have to do Good is chance. click on one of the two links in our show notes, which we do every week. Uh, make one-time contribution or a monthly contribution helps the KME mobile enterprise. Trust me, we need the help. In addition, you can just tell some friends that uh, there are two opinionated white guys who talk about <laughs> TV. Folks, at the end of the day, it wasn't me. It was my evil twin brother. But all you really have to do is have him show you the back of the ear, and you would have seen the scar from those laser sounds. Laser sounds, laser scar.